Aren't you glad? Aren't you glad that you're uh, in the house of the Lord today? Aren't you glad that you were able to come and join us here at Valley Baptist Church? I'll tell you, I'm glad. I'm glad when they said unto me, let us go into the house of the Lord. But I'm especially glad when we celebrate um, the new life that we have in Jesus Christ. It's been said already, but happy 4th of July. Today is a day that we celebrate in this nation a lot of things. Um, we celebrate freedom that we have in Christ G- in, in, in this country. We celebrate the freedom uh, that uh, we have to be a democratic form of government. We celebrate uh, freedom from tyrannies. We're going to talk a little bit about the freedoms that we have. But we're especially going to talk about the freedom that we have in Christ Jesus. Because always we remember that our citizenship is in heaven and we eagerly await a Savior from there. The Lord Jesus Christ, who will bring, uh, when he comes, the transformation of our bodies to be like his glorious body. So we will be with the Lord forever. Encourage each other with these words. Those are the words of the Apostle Paul uh, for Philippians chapter 3. Let's pray together. Thank you, Brenda, for leading us in that time of prayer for this congregation. Jim, it's good to have you back. I'm really excited that you're here too. Let's pray together. Father, we do pray and give you thanks today for this country that you've allowed us to live in, uh, for the families that we celebrate with, for friends, for baptism. We pray especially uh, for Emma today and her family, uh, that as she uh, continues this journey with you, uh, that you would continue to speak to her that you would guide her, that you would lead her, that your presence would always be near her. And Lord, we pray that for all of your children, uh, that they would know your call and know your presence. We pray this all in the name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. Well, let's jump into the message today. Um, Freedom in Christ. That's what we're talking about. It comes from the book of Galatians, Paul's letter, uh, chapter 5, verse 1. But it is Independence Day, and I don't know if you all have a particular Independence Day plans, or if you're doing it yesterday or tomorrow, or when you're celebrating Fourth of July, it's kind of a little weird year, and I'm still sort of the impact of the uh, pandemic. But I'll tell you, that days like today are good for us because it reminds us to be thankful. It reminds us to be thankful. So I'm going to ask you the question. What are you thankful for? What are you thankful for on this 4th of July celebration? Um, you, I often get to go see the fireworks. We're not doing that this year. But there are still plenty to be thankful for. Those of you that remember the history of this country, remember that the war for independence was actually fought in some ways for freedom from tyranny. Freedom from tyranny. That's one of the things I'm thankful for. Right? What did that mean? Well, it meant that there was an oppressive form of government that people couldn't live under. They couldn't exercise their freedom of, of religion under. They couldn't be who they really were. There was taxation without representation. That was a big cry uh, for the Revolutionary War. And I think it's still the cry for Washington, D.C. I, I think the District of Columbia, I think, aren't they still kind of mad about that situation? There was a system, a system of an autocratic government that the people just couldn't thrive under. They couldn't abide. And today we need to be thankful that we live in a country where we have uh, the ability to vote, where we have the ability to work towards justice. It's not a perfect nation. And there are lots of injustices that continue today. But we can begin and we have to make the commitment, especially as believers, to work towards justice for all. 
Because we're not really free until we're all free. Free to live under the power of uh, a government that we the people for. And are working towards righteousness and justice. You see, there was a system that people could not thrive and under. We need to continue to work for that. So we celebrate at least Independence Day was the beginning of a hope that, that the people could establish that freedom. But it was also freedom from slavery. Freedom from slavery uh, in that system to a king. And although the nation continued to utilize and abuse and have slaves, ultimately the hope was built that at least the seeds were planted at that point that we're still working towards. There would be freedom for all people because all people created in God's sight are are worthy um, and, and loved and beloved by God. Well, those two ideas... I think are reflected in what Paul says in the book of Galatians. Let's take a look together. It is for freedom that Christ has set us free. Stand firm then and do not allow yourselves to be burdened again by the yoke of slavery. Hear what he said? It is for freedom that Christ has set us free. So don't, don't go back to being slaves. Now, that is loaded language in this nation. That is loaded language for our African-American community. But it needs to be loaded language for all of us. Because God has called us into a freedom, and I want you to hear this, a freedom that is different than what the world thinks of freedom. It is a freedom in Christ Jesus. So I am thankful today for the freedom. And it comes in two forms that I want you to look at today uh, as we talk about. It is freedom from legalism. And it is freedom from slavery to sin. Freedom from legalism. What is legalism? What is legalism? Well, it's a spirituality that tries to just keep all the rules, keep all the commands. If you can just do things exactly the right way, then somehow we have a relationship with God. Um, I'll tell you, I was talking with one of you brothers, uh, even here in this congregation, and he was telling me his story. And he said that, you know, for years and years and years, after I became a Christian, I still thought I had to just keep all of the rules. I still thought that all that Christianity was about was about keeping the rules. You know, don't drink alcohol, maybe, or don't smoke, or, you know, don't do anything before marriage. You're not supposed to do. Wait till Right? That it was all about keeping rules. It's freedom from legalism. It's, look how the Apostle Paul says it. The very next verse. Mark my words, Paul says. Now, he says that to mark his words, right? Pay attention. And if you're kind of dozing off, pay attention. Mark my words. I, Paul, tell you that if you let yourselves be circumcised, Christ has no value to you at all. Again, I declare to every man who lets himself be circumcised that he's obligated to obey the whole law. Now, Paul, the apostle, is talking about something that was very specific to that time period. One of the major symbols of the Jewish people was the sign of circumcision given to Abraham. It was a covenant sign throughout the people of God that it marked them that said, we are set apart and we are dedicated to God. When Christianity began, 
It was a Jewish Messiah. Jesus had burst on the scene and was proclaiming this freedom and a relationship with God. After his death and his resurrection, his apostles, his leaders began to proclaim, you must know Jesus. You put your faith in him. He is the Messiah and he has given us freedom. At first, all of the followers, almost all, were, were all Jewish. I don't know if you knew that, but they were all Jewish followers of Jesus. Jesus was Jewish and everyone else was too. Now, these followers of Jesus ultimately began to tell others about Jesus, people who were not of Jewish descent. And some of the very devout Jewish Christians, people who were believing in Jesus, were teaching the non-Jews, oh, you've got to follow all the Jewish religious codes, the feast days, the sign of circumcision. You've got to quit eating crab and other shellfish. You know, there were things that were out of bounds. And the Apostle Paul is speaking to that crowd saying, no, it is for freedom, freedom from following the laws that, that Christ has set you free. You are free to just have this relationship with God because Jesus died for you. He rose again. He has given you full access to God. You are not penalized because of your sin because Jesus paid the penalty for your sins. My first church job. Okay, maybe not my very first one, because I used to work for Vicky's mother when she was the children's minister um, back at our church in high school. So, no, you know, my, but that wasn't a, that was a very small job. But my first role as a youth minister, I went to a church in Oklahoma. Oklahoma, bunny. You remember Lawton? It, it, it's a great place. And I was there at the first church. One of the deacons of the church came to me and he said, I'm glad you're here as our new youth minister. We've got a problem. The teenagers... They're going to those school dances. And dancing, that's just a bunch of belly rubbing. I, I, like, like this kind of thing? I, belly rubbing. I, what, what, what does he mean? Like, don't try to rub your belly and pat your... That's kind of hard for me. What did he mean? Well, for him, it was about following the rules. For him, it was, we need to make sure those children are living a moral life. Those young people were living a moral life. And yes, it does glorify God when we live a moral life. However, we have a relationship with God, a permanent place in the family of God. We are forgiven. We are his children and brought into the kingdom when we put our faith in Jesus Christ because he paid the debt that we could never pay. That's what Paul is talking about. Listen to what he says in verse 4. You who are trying to be justified. What does justified mean? You know, it's when I say, oh, um, this is the reasons why I did something wrong. Maybe this will make it okay. No, it makes nothing okay with God. Only Jesus' death. The wages of sin is death. So he says those who are trying to be justified by the law or following the commandments, he says, have been alienated for Christ from Christ. You're trying to do it on your own. He says you've fallen away from grace, which is the mercy that was extended to us through Jesus' death. He says, for through the Spirit we await by faith the righteousness for which we hope. The contrast is clear. You can kind of see it uh, right here. We have the law, the commandments. You can try to be right with God. And to be right with God, you had to keep all of the commandments. Or you're right through the sacrifice that Jesus made on the cross. It's the freedom of grace. Those of you that have been in school for a while, those of you that are still in school, you know how to make an A, right? You've got to do all your work. And you better do it well. And then if you get all the 
if you, in my classes, a lot of, I do a lot of multiple choice. It's a lot faster to grade. <laughs> sorry, sorry, Henry, Henry's looking at me going, oh, my wife's looking at me going, oh, you gotta, I know, but I'm teaching intro classes, it's fine. Um, I, a lot of multiple choice. You either got it right or you got it wrong. It's pretty clear. And if you want a hundred, if you want a perfect score, how many questions do you have to get right? All of them. If you want to be righteous before God, you better keep all of those commandments. Now, maybe the do not murder, do not steal. I hope you've done a pretty good job with those. But when it's obey your parents, I don't think I did that all the time. Do not covet. I think I coveted all the time. All of a sudden we realize I'm not righteous. None of us are. If you are trying to be right with God by just following a set of rules, I hate to break it to you, you've already failed. You've already messed up. And there is no hope for you except grace. Accept grace. Accept the fact that Jesus paid for your sins on the cross, that he died for you. God, because he loved the world so much, sent his one and only son, that whoever puts their faith in him would not perish, but have everlasting life. That's what Jesus said in John chapter 3. So Paul is able to say in verse 6, For in Christ neither circumcision nor uncircumcision following the rules, not following the rules, has any value. The only thing that counts is faith, faith in Jesus Christ, expressing itself through love. We are free, free from legalism. i got to be honest, I'm thankful for that. Because I consider myself a pretty good person. I tried. I obeyed my parents a lot of the time. I mean, a goodly man. Stealing, didn't really do that so much. Cheating, uh, there was a time. Being good to my wife, except when I'm mean. Does that, does that count? Not murdering. Yeah, I, I haven't murdered. But wishing some people on the beltway were dead. I mean, Jesus raised the standard. If you even... Say to your brother Raka or, or this hate, or hate them, right? You're, it's like you murdered them in your heart. Lust is like adultery in your heart. None of us have been righteous. So we're freedom, free from the legalism because Jesus paid for our sins. But guys, here's another thing that I think we don't realize. In Christ Jesus, we are free from the slavery to sin. Freedom from the slavery to sin. Let's take a look at it. In Galatians 5, he says, verse 13, You, my brothers and sisters, were called to be free. Right? We just talked about that. You're free from the penalty of sin. But don't use your freedom to indulge the flesh. Rather, serve one another humbly in love. What is he talking about? Don't use your freedom to indulge in the flesh. In our corrupt, wicked thinking, we start thinking, gosh, if all my sins have been paid for, if the penalty is all taken care of, I could just sin all I want to, right? I mean, I'm free. Paul in Romans chapter 6 says, may that thought never enter your head. May it never be. Never. Of course not. No, 
You're free, but don't use this freedom in Christ to indulge the flesh. We were just talking uh, to some fellow educators, uh, some people that are kind of, you know, and this has been a weird year for everybody in school, in our public schools and all that kind of stuff. And some of our school districts, you know, of course, had to make some major adjustments. And we were talking about some people in high school and some people who are working with the high schoolers. And here's what some of the high schoolers figured out, <clears throat> that some of their classes were pass-fail last spring. And then they figured out that they're saying, well, so you have to do 51% of the work. Well, let's see. The first couple of months we of January, February last semester, that's a lot of my work, right? And then how much more work do I have to do before I've got 51% to make it a pass? And all of a sudden, some of our high schoolers <coughs> use their freedom <laughs> um, to indulge in not going to school and doing their work. I probably would have done the same thing. It's like, yeah, pandemic, I'm done. And they are, and they hung it up. Sometimes we think that that's how it's supposed to be. Hey, if I don't have the penalty for my sins, I can sin all I want. But he says, no, 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 you've missed it. Don't use it to indulge the sinful nature or your passions or what you desire. Why? Well, look at this image. It is freedom that Christ has called us to, not only from the penalty from sin, but from bondage to sin bondage to sin. You don't realize it. You think I'm doing what I want to do. You think you're being free, but the scripture's clear. When you sin, you give in to your desires, your flesh, it makes you a slave. Jesus said it this way in John chapter 8. Very truly, I tell you, John chapter 8, verse 34, very truly, I tell you, not fault, truly, I tell you, Everyone who sins is a slave to sin. Did you hear it? Everyone who sins is a slave to sin. The Apostle Paul says we were all foolish, disobedient, deceived, and enslaved by all kinds of passions and pleasures. Sin, we become addicted to it. Whether it's sins that are relieving chemicals in our brain, you know, dopamines and other pleasure things, that, or whether it's habitual things that become a habit to us. But sin has a way of locking in with our desires and our flesh and our sinful nature so that it causes us to be locked in. We are slaves to sin on our own. But Jesus has come to set us free. And it says, so if the Son, Jesus talking, if the Son sets you free, you are free indeed. Jesus breaks the power of sin. Jesus means that right now in your life, you can say, Holy Spirit, fill me, empower me. I'm walking in your power and saying no to sin. Before, your flesh is going to always win. Oh, you can maybe have some self-control. But I'm telling you, in the long run, you're going to be a slave to sin. Unless the Son has set you free. That's why we celebrate with baptism. Baptism doesn't make us free. Emma explained to me this week, she was like, it's a picture. It's a picture of what is done. And she is absolutely right. She understood. Baptism doesn't make us clean. Jesus makes us clean. Baptism is a picture of the forgiveness that we have in Jesus Christ. How? And also the freedom that we have in Jesus Christ. How? Because it shows that we died with Christ. That's why we go under the water. It's like being buried. Well, we don't want to bury you in dirt because that would be really tough to get you back out. Um, we put you underwater. But it's a symbol of being buried with Christ. Our old life is dead. The power of sin is dead. And we have been risen with Christ in a new way. 
because we now have the Holy Spirit in us. We are have a washing, rebirth, and renewal by the Holy Spirit. Baptism is a picture of the new life. Listen to how Paul explains it. Verse 3. Or don't you know that all of us who were baptized into Christ Jesus were baptized into His death? We were therefore buried with Him through baptism into death. In order that just as Christ was raised from the dead through the glory of the Father, we too may live a new life. So it's not freedom to indulge in the flesh. It's not freedom to go back to the sinful way of life. It is freedom to live the new life that we have in Jesus Christ. Are you living it? Verse 6. For we know that our old self was crucified with him, so that the body ruled by sin might be done away with. We should no longer be slaves to sin, because anyone who has died has been set free from sin. Baptism is just a symbol. A symbol that has happened to every believer. If you are a believer in Jesus Christ, sin does not have to rule in your body. You can choose to let it. But you are free. Live the freedom that Christ has given you. That's why we said it is for freedom that Christ has set you free. We are free to love. Listen how it says it in in verse 13 of Galatians. You, my brothers and sisters, were called to be free. But don't use your freedom to indulge the flesh. Rather, serve one another humbly in love. As believers in Jesus Christ, we have another picture. We have a picture. It's a picture that happened on the night that Jesus was betrayed. On the night Jesus betrayed, he took bread and he broke it. And he said, this is my body which is broken for you. Do this in remembrance of me. And later he says he took the, the, the cup and he said, this cup is the new covenant or agreement in my blood. Do this every time you drink it in remembrance of me. Today, we're not just celebrating baptism, but we're going to also celebrate the Lord's Supper. But I want you to re-examine the picture with me. Would you think about the symbol with me? The new covenant in my blood. What does that mean? It's a new agreement. The Old Testament, it's the old covenant, the covenant through Moses. Here's the commandments. You keep the commandments... And you're my people and you live. But we broke the commandments. The new covenant is that Jesus died for your sins. Have you given your life to Jesus Christ today? Have you said, I need the new covenant because I failed at the old one. And God, out of his love, made a new way. A new way. Have you chosen the new way? Perhaps someone sitting here today has not chosen Jesus Christ as Messiah, Savior, King. Would you accept forgiveness today? But don't miss the other part of this picture. Don't miss. The bread was broken. He said, this is my body which is broken for you. It's about service. It's about serving others. It's about serving others. um, That freedom to love. Jesus gave the ultimate act of service. Greater love has no man than this, Jesus says, than he lay down his life for his friends. Jesus laid down his life for you. Are you living in the freedom that Christ has given you? The freedom from penalty of sin, but the freedom to say no to sin.
Aaron's going to come. We're going to have another song of worship before we take communion today. Because we want to give you a chance. We want to give you a chance to reflect on this picture and say, am I living out the freedom that I have in Christ Jesus? Let's pray together. Father, thank you so much for the pictures you have given us of the death of your son and the life that he brings. Thank you for bringing that death in us, buried in baptism, that we might walk in the new life that you've called us to. I thank you that your love was shown uh, so clearly through the cross and the permanence through the resurrection. We give you praise today. We pray this for the glory of Jesus and in his name.